Please hold for an important message. Hello, you freak Sarah Adams. I can't get to my phone right now, so just leave me a quick message and I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Thanks. Well, hello, Sarah Adams. It's me, Maggie Reese Austin. And I just wanted to say how much I love the little flyer you made about us shooting and editing footage for events, for recaps, or promos, because that's one of my favorite things to do with you is go to fun events, capture the spirit of it, edit a nice little video and reel, and send it off to these companies and organizations so they have some beautiful content. So I'm just excited to get that up on the website and do more of it with you, really, honestly. It's kind of like working but not working because it's so dang fun to do. Okay, bye. End of message. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey, bestie. Hey, bestie. I have something unstable slash normal to share with you. It's a two. Walter has had the Scholastic Book Fair happening at his school. That is not unstable. Everyone should be able to reminisce on their own scholastic book fair experiences as a child. It's wonderful. I love that he has it. What is unstable is that I got to volunteer and I was immediately transported back to myself as a child and wanted to buy everything. Mm. Know what it is about the specific book fair presence in the school that makes you just like, yeah, I need this journal with a really cool lock on the side. You do, though. Yeah, I guess. I guess I do. But I just feel like you walk in and didn't automatically – you just lose money. You just give it all away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like you're spending it on books, but really you're probably spending it on erasers and pencils and journals with a lock. Yeah. And some books. I always remember whenever we would have the Scholastic Book Fair, I would buy something and then – I specifically remember buying this book because the cover looked amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like this cover is incredible. And I thought it was going to be a retelling of Goldilocks and the Three Bears mm-hmm. because it looked like more grown up. I was in like fourth grade maybe. So I was like, oh, I, I want something. I didn't want like a chapter book, but I wanted like something a little edgier. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I bought it because the illustrations were awesome. And then I got to the classroom, took a peep. And it was just the standard Goldilocks and the Three Bears story. Oh, man. Were you upset? I was so disappointed because I had spent my money trying to get something different. Yeah. Something exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I got standard story, could have gone to the library for it. Mm. Super disappointing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. 
Yeah. It was, that's like, it, I'm sorry to color this wonderful scholastic book fair experience with something so depressing as buyer's <laughs> remorse. I know. But it's, it, yeah. It's, I remember those getting posters. Do you remember buying posters? I wasn't a big poster kid, but I do know people bought posters. Yeah, I love the posters. And the what pencils. posters did you buy? I don't remember. Like, did nothing. That's the thing. You go in to the book fair, and everything is important. Yes, everything becomes. I need it. This is awesome. Let me grab this poster. And the moment you step out of the vortex that is the Scholastic Book Fair, you're like, hmm. Well, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That's not why did I buy seven Lisa Frank posters? I don't even like like I'm not even a Lisa Frank person. Gosh, man, take me back to Lisa Frank. Can you but, just do that for me, please? Please. Um, I feel like her aesthetic is coming back. Oh gosh, yes. Ben back. So we just talked about Maggie, something delightful. And I just want to transition this conversation to a fact that is also a delightful moment to reminisce. Oh, excellent. Are you ready for your fact? I am. So we probably all know that casinos are designed to deliberately disorient visitors. But did you also realize that this same strategy is behind the design of shopping malls? Officially known as the Grun Transfer, this phenomenon was named after Austrian architect Victor Grun, who identified how an intentionally confusing layout could lead to consumers spending more time and money in a shopping venue. Gross. Grun Transfer. Grun. Gross guy. But you know what? I will say, I do like getting lost in a place. And back in the day when malls were the place to go, it was fun to kind of be like, oh, let me cut through this store. Like, oh, this is yes. the big FYE. Did yeah. you have an FYE? And you walk through it and then you're like looking at all the CDs as you go to the other side of the mall mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. the aunt, Auntie Anne, Annie's the pretzels. pretzels are and the Jamba Juice. Oh, do you remember Orange Julius? Yes, I do remember. For me, my go-to smell is the Auntie Anne's and then the sound of Claire's. Oh, like when you walk yeah. through Claire's and you hit everything while you're walking around because there's so much stuff. The or jingle jingle. Or the limited or back when the gap or going through the food court and seeing who's there, getting dropped. Mm -hmm. oh, back in the day when malls were malls. You know what I used to love? I would go to Williams-Sonoma and get the bread dipped in their oil. Okay, sidebar. This Is that recently? Because no, this is when, when I was in was high school. <laughs> Back in my preteen mall days, like my mall time was preteen. I was like 12, mm -hmm. 13, Same. Hang it, hanging out at the mall. Yep. There wasn't a Williamson Sonoma that I would go in and get bread dipped. Oh, but it was so delicious. But I, I would dip my way over to Dippin' Dots, the oh. ice cream of the future. Which I don't really like Dippin' Dots, I got to say. Well, you're too I'm, bougie with your Williamson Sonoma yeah, I, I'm not olive go oil. <laughs> One time I remember I was in middle school and I was just like standing in my kitchen and, and I started smiling to myself. And my mother said, what are you smiling about? <laughs> and I gave her the honest reason. And it was that I was thinking about the free samples you get when you walk through the food court. And I was just standing there. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And I was just like, dang, that's awesome. That's you know so cool. 
<laughs> What's so funny about that is everyone knows that moment you're walking through. And, and I feel like in every mall food court, you have your pizza and then you have the samples of like the Chinese or the yep. teriyaki yep. handing it out, but you're never going to buy that. That's not the choice that you're going to buy. You are wrong there <laughs> because I would go, I'd go, I'd be like, I'm going to get a little sample on my way through. Please drop me off at the food court. And then I would make my way throughout the mall. I'd get maybe a little hungry as I walked by Williams-Sonoma, grab myself a little sourdough cube with some nice oil. And then I would make my way back and I would get the one meat, two side meal. That's, that is impressive for an 11, 12, 13 year old going through the mall. I had a strategy. (laughs) I was always pizza. That or pizza. I go back to Dippin' Dots. I feel like that was a big hit for me. Like, because you didn't really want to ever, for me, it was never about the meal. It was just about the experience, like being around, tasting things. Orange Julius, honestly, I am very shocked that they are out of business. I have not seen an Orange Julius in decades. Mm. And that was. Uh, like it was so good and people were always going to get orange julius that was the first stop the first place you were going to blow your allowance was getting an orange julius to then walk around the mall why did they close there had to have been some sort of huge scandal or like something i would venture to guess is the mall era you know because we are now in a different era of shopping Mm -hmm. our children will never experience the joy of a mall of getting lost, of really finding yourself in a Claire's, buying something just because you can. Right. You know, it's very because I won't, similar. Because, because I won't leave them in a mall either. Yeah, that's true. I guess time's <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, Maggie, I, I, you're, really, you're really bumming us out today. Hey, oh, buyers remorse and losing kids. Okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> keep going. I'm ready to react. I'm ready. I'm ready if you were transitioning before I, was, I interrupted. I was transitioning, but honestly, you've answered the question because my react was what has been your favorite store in the mall? Yeah. And what would you say based on all the information I gave you is my favorite store? Orange Julius. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Is yours Claire's? Yeah, 100%. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack be a celebrity the gals can think of quick. It's time for You Don't Know Jack, (laughs) where Sarah and Maggie share some facts about a celebrity named Jack and try to guess who it is. Sarah. I'm keeping this Jack all in the family. This Jack is tall, has curly hair, and lives in Los Angeles. You probably know him best for his writer, director, and famous podcasting relative. Sarah, who is this Jack? Um, all in the family, Jack. Uh... I see that you're googling. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's going to help you on this one. It's not. It's not. Jack Gif- Gifford? <laughs> no. Who is Jack Gifford? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I stumped you on this. Oh, no. You want to take another guess? No. I just wanted you to tell me. This is my cousin Jack. Jack Reed. <laughs> this is my cousin. My cousin you- named Jack. <laughs> 
knew you were going to cheat. I knew you were going to start Googling. I knew you were going to pull up the internet. And so I was like, I'm going to make one that she will not guess with the internet. She's got to know me. She's got to remember back to my wedding. Way back to my wedding. When the only time you've ever been in the room with my cousin Jack. And you're going to have to really think about it. And I knew I'd get you. I got you. Well, that sure was fun. Thanks for playing You Don't Know Jack, brought to you by the most popular boy name in Hollywood. Maggie, are you ready for your fact? Yes, I am. When it comes to the consumption of Kraft mac and cheese, Canadians eat a whopping 55% more of it a year than Americans do. Out of the 7 million boxes sold weekly around the world, Canadians purchase 1.7 million of them. I'm surprised that there are that many Canadians eating mac and cheese. Tr- truly. What surprises you about it? That there aren't as many um, there are more Americans than there are Canadians. But yet Canadians eat, eat more craft mac and cheese. And I feel like I just it's surprising because craft mac and cheese feels like something that is so American. Mhm. It's blue box, you know, blue-blooded American, blue box mac and cheese. It's not real cheese. It's fake. It's artificial powdered cheese, which is like America, land of smoke and mirrors, fake cheese. And it's also, you know, convenient, which feels so American. It's like, I got to have this now in the next five minutes. So to me, it's just surprising because I think I put Canada on this pedestal of like, Canadians would make their own mac and cheese mm-hmm. with cheese they've purchased from a Canadian cheese mm-hmm. guy. Now that you know this about Canadians, you think maybe they are the ones with smoke and mirrors? I honestly feel bamboozled by the Canadians. Yeah. I feel like they have gone down a step. And I, I got to be honest, I love mac and cheese. I love craft mac also, and cheese. You're an American. But I'm an American. It's okay for me to love Kraft mac and cheese. Canadians sure. should love baked mac and cheese. Ooh, baked. That's right. Oh, you put it in the oven. You make it. You bake it. That's what they should like. That's how I. That's the level I put Canadians on. And mm-hmm. now that they're on my level with mac and cheese, I feel oh, disappointed is a strong word, but I'm processing. I'm processing. So. Knowing this about them, I am starting to question also, where does their syrup come from? You know, do they prefer pure maple syrup or are they buying the artificial log cabin? Yeah. What do you, what do you, like what other things are Canada, are Canadians hiding behind? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. what are the, you got this great country, all free healthcare, you know, is that just a front to really behind their pantry? It's just a bunch of snacks. Yes. Yes. Oh, look, we do ice hockey. Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you do ice hockey? Eh? Eh? Do ya? Do ya? Do ya? All right. Well, we're going to get off the Canadian bit for a minute because I feel like we're hot. We're hot around Canada's and Canadians. So, Maggie, this react. Mm-hmm. Touches on mac and cheese still, but personally. So are oh, you ready for your react? Yes, 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 I am. Do you still need to read the side of the box to see how you make box mac and cheese when you prepare it? 
No. You know exactly the proportions of butter and milk you need to do. I don't even care what the proportions are. Wow. I've never, you know what? I have to no, be that's, honest. That's on I've, brand. I've never. That's on because brand. Because I distinctly remember one time when I was in upper elementary school, my brother had his friend over. We were making ourselves macaroni and cheese. And he was like, this is how much butter you need. And my brother and I were like, eh, no. No, we eyeball it. It's this much. And he was like, that's not how much it calls for. It was less. We were putting less butter in. Mm. But it was it was not how we prepared it. And I will say, too, recently at my, my dad last summer prepared mac and cheese and forgot to put milk in it. What did he use? He just forgot the milk. It was just the butter in the cheese packet. And it was still – it was actually better, maybe. Huh. Interesting. So, so there's no. I don't think you can mess it up. Do you read it? Oh, a hundred percent, all the time. I read it. And sidebar, I I use Annie's mac and cheese, the mm. Annie's, not Kraft. What are you Canadian? <laughs> That's it for this episode. Wasn't that fun? Now it's time for you to subscribe and follow and share this episode with a friend. Ooh, maybe even your bestie. Find us everywhere online at Unstable Topics. And for more antics, visit us at The Monthly Junk. Bye. Bye. Peace.